0: Welcome to UCC. How's that one? Uh, good morning. Welcome. If you are visiting with us, we want to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, this morning, we're going to continue on. Actually, we're going to finish up a series we started a couple of weeks ago. The series is called Vintage, and the title is kind of a joke a little bit because we're only a year and a half old as a church, but we, know, we, we saw on the very first week that some things that may be young and vintage can still be expensive and, and have lots of value, and that's kind of how we view ourselves as a church. This morning, what we want to do, and as I kind of hinted at already, is We want to wrap things up. We want to kind of talk to you about uh, a little bit. Today, this morning, is going to be more about uh, where we're going, right? We've been talking about our values. We've been talking about where we've come from. But this morning, we want to kind of project a vision into what we want to accomplish and we want to uh, see happen. But let's recap what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, uh, kind of bring it up to speed, and then we'll kind of jump in from there. So we talked about Uh, UCC having three values. If you have your update, you'll see on the back of it, on the very bottom is that these three words, word, worship, and community. For many of you who've been with us maybe recently, you've never noticed that, but these are what we consider the values of UCC. Remember, a value is something that is valuable. And I know you're not supposed to use a word to define itself, but the fact is whatever you think is valuable is where you will place effort. Whatever you think is valuable, you will will place energy and you will invest in because it's valuable to you. Well, for us as a church, the Word of God, worship, and community is is what we think is valuable. And we talked about last week how each one of these values has two tensions that go alongside of it that really help us to kind of make sure that we are balanced, right? We talked about the push-pull. Each tension of our values pushes us in opposite directions so that we remain balanced, we keep balanced. So we talked about with the Word of God, we said that we want to learn. At UCC, one of the values we place in, in teaching is is to bring the Word of God to life, bring the Bible to life. And we want to do so is because we are in a postmodern culture where... Uh, People who understand the Bible and the concept of the Bible may not be as widely understood as before. And so we want to make sure that how we teach and how we proceed is always based upon the Bible. And that's kind of our value. But we also want to live the Bible out. We don't just want to learn as head knowledge, but we want to live it out as, as kind of heart language, right? We want to make sure that what we're doing, what we're learning up here is actually finding its way out in the world. And so whether you're in school or at work or at home, that we are not just talking about something, we're not just singing about something, but we're actually living it out. Because that's kind of uh, how, how kind of we make sure that we are um, not just being hypocritical, About what we say, but we are living out, we are matching those two up. We talked about worship. We said with worship, there's two uh, tensions for it. We want to serve, and we learned about this morning, Welcome Home, and we're going to learn about our international project in in a few moments about what we want to do overseas, right? But we want to serve. We want to make sure that we realize that one of our main desires as a church is that we want to serve those we've never met, serve those next to us. We want to make sure that we are giving our lives away as Christ did. We also talk about singing, and singing is really that verbal proclamation we want to make sure that every time we come together that we are praising god right and that seems kind of simplistic but we look throughout the bible there's a pattern of behavior that is of people uh, like just saying praises to the lord whether it's whether it's 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 by uh singing or whether it's just by testimony or whatever it would be we as 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 a community have a duty to kind of make sure that we are out there sharing about uh what we believe and, and what we say And we talked about community and we said calling and caring. So calling is what I would say to you is that what we want to do with UCC is we want to make sure that we are uh, telling people about not just UCC but about what, what spiritual family can look like right? That's kind of how we describe church as a spiritual family. We want to take care of one another, but we want to call those who are not part of it. We want to make sure that those who are outside of our community, wherever they would be, they would would understand there's a group of people who want to care for them and take care of one another. We also want to uh, care for those inside the community as well, too. So when people have Um, Something that's happened, something that's taking place, that we are praying for them, we're providing for them, we're dropping meals off, you know, we got casseroles by the bucket loads, and we will get those out there if we need to be, right, so we want to make sure that we are caring for um, one another as well. We looked at 1 Peter 4, 7 to 12, and I said to you that we've been looking at Acts chapter 2 as our snapshot picture of what early church was, and so I want to give you different images of what that can look like as well. And 1 Peter 4 was that, and we're going to kind of have another one as well this morning, but 1 Peter 4 is amazing because it kind of, Peter is, you know, his letter was actually more of a general letter uh, given to the multiple cities. So what he's trying to say to them is, listen, however you understand faith, and, and I understand that you may be sitting here in Christianity, in church, these may be concepts that may be either I, uh, either new to you or not something you perhaps maybe even identify with, right? So I understand that I'm trying to maybe um, convince some of you that this is actually uh, what it's supposed to look like. Well, when we go back to the Bible, what the Bible describes church and how it describes spiritual family there can be a disconnect with how we actually live it out today. And what we're trying to do is we're at, at UCC, at least, is we're trying to reconnect ourselves to the past, and First Peter kind of gives that to us. So that's kind of what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks here. And now what we want to do is we want to kind of talk practically. We've told you what is valuable. We've told you where, where we've come from. But now we want to tell you what we expect of you. Now, that's kind of an odd thing to say, right? Many people think that, you know, Expectations are not something you have in a church, right? But here's what you need to understand. Jesus didn't die on the cross just for us to walk around saying that we're saved or that God loves us. That may be a part of it, but... The the redemptive nature of God and what he calls us to is a little different, and that there are expectations. And we look through scripture, we look at the Bible, when Paul is 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 you know writing to the church in Corinth or Ephesus or or Galatia or Philippi or you know these these letters you you know by another name, or when Peter or John they kind of talk to the people in a certain way and they kind of say there's three things really that they are kind of calling for. And so we talk about At UCC, and some of you know about uh, these these phrases that we use, we talk about our time, our talents, and our treasure, right? And what really happens here is these three words really kind of take your entire life. This is really what your life's like, right? So we talk about time. We say that time is a finite resource, right? It's basically your priority list. If something is important to you, you make time for it. If it's not important to you, you don't. You don't. You just don't. Right. If you are, if there's something fun happening or something like that, people tend to make time. But if it's something that perhaps we don't want to do, like if I ask my kids to clean their rooms, well, they'll be on Snapchat for about three of the hours. and in the last 15 minutes, they're throwing things in the closet like I can't open the closet. Right. You will invest in time what you think is important. Right. Well, being a Christ follower, being part of a spiritual family is a time commitment. And that's just the reality. We were talking about this as a staff uh, uh, earlier on as we met, and we said that one of the things we hope that people understand is that if you aren't here, if you are not part of a spiritual mind, if you don't show up, how do we know how to help? How do we know how to serve? How do we even know how you're doing? Right? Time is, is a finite resource, but it's a very important one because you can never get it back right? You, you, you just can never get it back. We talk about our talents. We say your talents, we talk about personal growth and passions. So for example, this morning as we're sharing about Welcome Home, some of you are like, I want to be part of this. And we're saying to you, we want you to be part of this. But if that's not your thing, we have other things. In other words, what is it that God's placed on your heart and how can we help you fulfill that in the world? And it doesn't have to be a technical program right? Churches can be programmatic. We tend to be more of what God, what is God doing in you and how can we encourage you to do that, right? So some people in our church are like, you know, uh, help out in different ways and all that. And we want to say, yeah, we don't, we don't want to hold you back. We're like, oh no, no, here's a column you have to mark off. That's all you're allowed to do. No, no, whatever God's doing in you, we want you to get out there. And maybe if you're getting out there doing it, maybe you can gather others around you as well too. And maybe you can let us know on a Sunday morning say, hey, I serve over here. Does somebody want to help out with that? That's really important to us, that we want to make sure that your talents, the passions that God's placed in you, find its fulfillment. Sometimes people can go to a church, they can look at what the church offers, and go, oh, that's not for me, and they just sit there like this. Oh, I don't like anything that's going on, so I'm not going to do anything. Not doing anything is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Let me, I don't think I need to repeat that. Not doing anything, inertia, not, not moving forward in your faith, is exactly what the enemy wants from you. Because if you are doing nothing for the kingdom, it doesn't matter if you were in the kingdom or not, right? And so whatever your talents are, whatever your passions are, we want to plug you in. And if we can't plug you in, we want to release you and just say, go. You go, girl. You go, guy. You know, obviously there's a, there's a guy in there as well. right? we want to make sure, we just want to encourage you to do that. And at UCC, we don't, we don't operate programmatically. We only do two things. We do Sunday mornings, and in the fall, we do our city groups. That's it. There's lots of space for you to kind of live your life as God has called you, and we want to encourage that. And we talk about the treasure, and with treasure, we've talked about this before, but the treasure, whenever we talk about treasure or money or, or, or how we invest, people get uncomfortable. Well, oh, know, you know, like, like people can say, oh, it's a church looking for money. Well, that's what churches do. Let me, just, let me just teach you something really quick here, right? The Bible doesn't equate money with anything else except your heart. Why do you think Jesus kept talking about possessions as a heart issue? You can attend UCC and not give a dime, and that's up to you, and that's between you and God. But I do want you to know something. You are robbing the kingdom of what God's given to you. And that's a biblical concept, whether you like it or not. Like, you can read your Bible, and you can omit those passages, and you can, whichever way you want to do it, and you can talk at whatever percentage. I don't care. Honestly, I don't. Right? Like, I... I and our staff, we work other jobs, right? We don't expect you to support us full time. But we do realize as well that at UCC, we want to make sure that we are supporting others as well too. You may not know this, but on your updates there, every week we put on the bottom there a little stat. The stat is, you know, what people have given what you may not know is that one of our goals at UCC is to kind of give away ten percent. As you tithe to us, we want to tithe to the community. And so, Welcome Home is one of those places. This other organization we're going to talk about, but also at UCC we get uh, emails from people who are needing groceries or having trouble paying hydro bills. We take care of that as well too. We want to give ten percent back to the community in whichever way that is. We run a very lean and, and very um, we, we we run very lean. We try to do that on purpose. And, and if you have any questions about how UCC uses our money, let's have a conversation. Like, I don't mind, you, you can ask whatever you want. Like, we, we don't have a lot, but what we do have, we kind of give back to the Lord and we try to use for His kingdom. That's it, right? It's a biblical concept, right? But let me show you something here, right? We, we talk about these three things. What we're really saying is this, right? Time is the first entrance into community. You were here Sunday this, this morning and you are giving your time. Great. But that's only the first step. Right? That's only the first step. You can attend a church, every church, uh, you can attend a church Sunday mornings for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you're part of the church. It doesn't mean you're part of community. That's just the first investment. That's the first step towards community. Well, the next step is your talents. Is you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take something and I'm going to serve. Do you know what I find very interesting? I mentioned this last week, but I've seen people who attend a church for their entire lives and never serve. And they say something like this to me, well, no one talked to me or I don't know anybody. What are you doing to get to know somebody? And do you know what serving is one of the best ways to do that? You get to be part of a team. Like when we say to you, we want you to serve, we're not going to make you do something you're not able to do. And if you're serving in an area, but you want to try a different area, switch. We're okay with that, right? But just do something. And by doing something with someone else, you get to know that person. And that's one of the ways you get to know community. It is that. But the last part, though, right, the movement into community is your treasure. And what that basically means is I'm investing in this community, right? Like, you need to understand something. Like, nothing runs for free. I wish it did. I, I do, right? I wish things could happen for, at, at absolutely free, but it doesn't, right? We Every Sunday we meet, we have to rent this facility. We have, to, we have subscriptions. We have licensings, This things like that. And we pay staff as well, too. We're okay with that, right? But those who are part of UCC invest in UCC so that we're able to do what we want to do. And that's actually, you know what? That's actually a great test. If you sit here and you're going, you know what? No, maybe we're not the church for you. Let, let us help you find the church that you can do that with. If you're at that point, you're like, you know what? I don't really like, feel like I, I can invest here. Maybe you just answered the question of whether you should be part of our church or not. And not that we'll kick you out because we never do that, right? We're too nice. We're too passive. No. Um, But that may be this part, that heart issue. If your heart is so hardened towards where you're at, and I've seen this, and I've worked at many different types of churches. I've seen that, right? it's, It's kind of like people are just like, you know, and like, if you don't like it, Go find somewhere you do. And one of the things we say at UCC is we are not a perfect church in any way, shape, or form. But we are at church. And if you come here on Sunday and you get it, you're like, okay, great. But if you come here Sunday and you're like, I don't really like what's going on here, guess what? There are hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds, but there's dozens of other churches, like literally within a half hour of here, that you could try out. We're one of the I I don't know if we're one of the only churches, but we're one of the only churches we try to get people to leave if they're not happy. We're we're okay. We're small but we're not insecure. And and we're okay with that. So if you if you get what we're doing here and you want to dig in, we want that. But if you're here and you don't want to be part of anything, let's help you find a place you can. And do you know what? Every church has its own personality. We have a personality. I don't know what it is, maybe it's whatever it would be. I don't know, I don't know. Spicy. I wish that would be it. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy with chicken wings. I don't know. Anyways, that could be our personality. But every church has a personality. And you can plug into that personality. And if it's not us, please understand, we're okay with that. If you do want to find a different church, let us know if we, if we, if we drop the ball in some way. We'd love to know that. But we'd also love to help you find that. And I've done that over the last uh, year and a bit. I've helped people find different churches in UCC. And you have to understand, right? Like, that hurts, obviously, if people leave. But my hope is that they'll find that place where they can thrive, that they can grow, right? That's really what we want. We want the kingdom of heaven to grow. And that could be here or that could be somewhere else, but that's what we want. So time, talents, and treasure, each area is a part of our lives that we are surrendering to God. Each area takes more effort as you move from the outside to the inside. So coming on a Sunday morning, takes a little bit of effort, but that's the bare minimum. The second part is a little more effort. The third part, you're all in. You're all in. And that's, that's kind of how we, how, how we are here. We talk about a concept called small church. This is going to be kind of counterintuitive. But at UCC, believe it or not, we will never get a big building. We don't want to be a big church. I tell this to pastors, and they think I'm crazy. They do. I literally, I had this conversation with a pastor almost two weeks ago. He asked me to tell me about his church, about my church and all that and, and whatnot. And I said, one of the things about UCC, we believe in small church. And he pats me on the shoulder and says, it's okay if it's not growing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to have that conversation. All right, here we go. All right. I said, well, no, no, you don't understand. He's like, no, no, it's okay. Listen, church is tough. Maybe people don't get it. It's okay. I'm like, no, no, you don't want you like, And he walks away, shaking his head. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm like, ah. I felt very insecure in that moment. He's a hug. But it's okay. Let me tell you about what we believe at UCC. We believe that community is best understood. By a guy named Robin uh, Robin Dunbar. Robin Dunbar is an anthropologist. And there's something called Dunbar's number. If you've ever read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Tipping Point, he talks about it. But there's other papers that talk about it. Robin Dunbar says this about uh, uh, community. The average group size amongst modern hunter gatherer societies where there was accurate sense of data was about 148.4. So what he is saying is throughout history, the most effective groups kind of centered around this number. He goes on to say this, company size, professional armies, Dunbar found was also remarkably close to 150 from the Roman Empire to 16th century Spain to the 20th century Soviet Union. Dunbar's number isn't exact. It ranges from 120 to 190, right? So Robert Dunbar says that the best ways, the best communities, villages that thrive are within this sweet spot of number. But now look what he says here. Dunbar says that, relationships involved across very big units, again, uh, numbers uh, after this, then have become very casual and don't have that deep meaning and sense of obligation and reciprocity that you have have with your close friends. After 200, social bonds break down. Now, here's the important part, right? Rob Dunbar says that if you get past a certain number, things get very casual. I know I've worked at big churches uh, throughout my uh, ministry career, And what I found with people who come to big churches is is some of them want to just come to hide. That's okay. Some people just need time of healing from wherever they're coming from, and that's great. But hiding shouldn't be your prerequisite spiritual journey. Hi, I'm Raja. I'm a professional hider. I go to churches and I hide. That's what I do. This is not like Pokemon Go here. Like, this is not really what it would be, right? It's not, that's not really, you had to drop a reference to that, right? Come on. Anyways. The point is this, is that once you get past a certain size, you stop caring, and that's really what it comes down to. So what we believe at UCC is that we actually want to stay small, and one of the reasons why we're planting downtown community church November 6th of this year is we want to plant another small community, and really, that's really our goal is not to become a big church, when we first started off, we had a lot of people checking us out, and one person said to me, "Well, what's going to happen? when You have to rent a bigger building." I said, "We're not going to rent a bigger building. We're going to put the people," I said, "in a different place, actually, a different church altogether." And again, it seems counterintuitive in our North American culture of bigger, better, more. Right? We're always growing towards. That's not us. We're trying to, as much as possible, care for one another. And we find caring for one another happens at a certain numerical number. And so that's really the, guy, the idea behind that. But you know what's interesting, though? Is in the Bible, we see this as well, too. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, again, that, the very famous passage, we see how the early church operated. It says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Throughout the early church, again, if you read, um, and again, if you have time in your hands, I have a couple of books on the early church, but what you see in the early church is there's two sets, two number sets that would you'd see pop out all over the place, right? And the two number sets for the large and the small gathering. And so the Bible says here that there is two types of gatherings. There are temple courts and the homes. Now, we know what that number looked like. So the temple courts are talking about is the, is the Jewish temple. And in that temple, they would come together. But they would only have a certain amount of people that could fit into it. It wasn't a stadium-sized temple. It was a temple that had a certain uh, functionality to it. And so we talked with temple courts. We're really having a number that we can fit into this, into this building. And that number, believe it or not, falls between 120, 190. And again, the reason there's that, that variation is that which aspects of the temple court are you using. If you open up fully, it's about 190. But if you only have, like, uh, uh, and certain times a year, it's about 120. But here's the other part of it, though, too is that the home aspect of it was between the 8 and 20. So when we talk about the early church, what we see is whatever they understood, they understand that the gathering should be at the side. Now, please understand something very clearly here. I am not saying to you that churches should be of whatever size. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for us, our community, our spiritual family, we want to take care of one another. We want to know one another. We want you to come here, but we want you to be known. And because of that, we want to stay at a size that you can be known. Other churches do, like, fantastic jobs past that number, and that's great. That's not us. We want to stay small. We want to stay relationally driven. We want to stay oriented towards caring for one another. That's that's really our goal. And so when we talk about small church, that's really what we're talking about. There's a guy named Brandon O'Brien, and I'm going to go through this kind of quickly, but Brandon O'Brien talks about uh, small church, big impact. And he says there's four things that small churches do really well. He says that small churches do authentic really well. And by authentic, it basically means we don't have a lot of money, so what we do is as authentic as we can get, right? Because we just, that's how we do it, right? So authenticity really is a high value. We really want to be authentic. You're not having a great week? Tell us you're not having a great week. We can help you. We can support you. Vulnerability, that's authenticity. We're lean and focused. We are. We can run our church on a a yearly budget, what most churches take in in a month. Like, we we really are leading. We try to keep that as purposeful as possible. We are people-powered. We rely upon our volunteers. You know, we don't get along with the kindness of strangers. We get along with the kindness of our community, people who serve in different capacities throughout the week. And finally, intergenerational. You know about this. The reason why children were through the worship service is because you want kids to worship with their parents. We want that we want people to understand what they 're doing here we don 't want kids to be segregated from that, and that 's why when we have communion, the kids come back in because we want the parents we want the we want the parent, whichever way it is we want to be able to them to kind of demonstrate what faith community looks like, and that 's why we have the kids within with us that 's kind of important for us so that 's kind of Where we're at—that's that's that's who we are. Now, what I want to show to you is where we're going to be heading. I told you next summer we are heading to Africa. That's a continent; it's not a country, right? So now I'm going to tell you uh, about—I want to tell you exactly what we're doing. Before I do that, we're going to watch a video to kind of introduce this organization I'll be working with, and I'll explain to you. So, Lauren, if you can uh, cue up that video, take a look at the screen.
1: I was really motivated to understand the Bible to have enough knowledge enough material so as to be able to equip the church of jesus christ more knowledge to be informed to be a good leader i didn't know how to handle my children like my teenage boys i I had no idea of bringing them up i'd had trainings but uh, i just felt i still need to get to know more that as a leader sometimes you are so much worked up with the issues you plan for programs you plan for events until There is nothing inside you. I also want to deliver the word of God in the best way I can. I think you always need to have a sense of what kind of need you're trying to meet or fill. Tens of thousands of pastors in East Africa who are doing the job, leading the people, preaching on Sunday, have never spent a day in a Bible school. I understand that so many people have been preaching the word of God, but not uh, on the biblical level. I'll just read a bit and like i would not really get so so much out of yeah. it it's just such a great need for people who love the word want to get it deeper but they're busy they're employed maybe they're working in the church and uh, this gives them a the chance to uh to just deepen themselves just to say we're a pastor in canada i love learning that's why i joined. listen to learning. when you are the leader who sits at the feet of Jesus. You study the word you 'll be anxious to know before you teach others, you learn yourself a new technology you are using in high pot. Well, where else do you have a Bible school that actually fits in your shirt pocket by making that our tutor our textbook. We've been able to uh, take the teaching to wherever people are. I'm a teacher, and so when I'm marking books, I'm listening as I mark, listening as I mark. I am a carpenter. I listen on the job sometimes, and uh, sometimes on the way to job. I'm in the kitchen. I'm listening at the same time. I found the teachings very interesting so that I could not put down my gadgets. I listened and learned on the road, at home, at work, all over the place. We translated into uh, Kiswahili and uh, Kimasai and Turkana, starting in Uganda. Done a bit in a that just means that people can can access the teaching in what we call their heart language, a language that they might be likely to use in moments of great praise to God or in moments of deep confession. Somebody will speak and you get the not just the the, the, the exposition of the Bible, but the wisdom, the depth and the substance, the clarity and the maturity of the teachers. My favorite teacher was Charles Price. Charles Price is Charles Price. Charles Price. Charles Price. Charles Price. Price. Professor Alice Pro. Professor Vela. John Piper. John Piper. Oh, I loved Tim Keller. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. I like Mark Discroft. Mark Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll. It's an outstanding faculty. I can't imagine any school that is comparable. We have just a set of most amazing teachers. It was not easy, but it is just all about commitment. Commitment, determination. The teachings have made me to develop a great desire even to study the Bible more. Obviously, it has to be true to Scripture. That's just a fundamental thing here. Don't teach anything. That is not biblical. You must base everything that you teach, which is biblical. As a pastor, I need to... To keep on studying, studying the word so that uh, I, uh, I am fresh. But then they have to be able to afford it. For a very modest thing, a semester costs about two days' wages. Can study in their own community without leaving home, without leaving the responsibilities. But the amount of money we have paid here is so little. We cannot compare the little amount we are giving to what we have gotten. What we have, we got something precious. It has changed my life. To learn is to change. What we didn't expect was the extent of the change. Yeah, it has inspired me to be a leader, even right from my house. I've gotten a depth, a little depth that I've been designed. Personally, the, the teachings have really equipped me, giving me some leadership skills. It went deeper inside. Listen to learn has uh, actually improved the knowledge of the Bible in me, and it has uh, humbled me. And I've really changed and i have really seen. A great impact. It is not an accident, God is in all this that is happening to me, and that gives me a lot of hope and encourages me to go on. Yet it attacks
0: so many things that happens in the African societies. Uh, the, the video goes on. I, I, I will uh, put it on our Facebook page. you can see the whole thing. We are entering into a partnership with an organization called Listen to Learn. Now listen to learn. Let me just give, give you a little background here. And this is from their website. You can kind of go on uh, and take a look at it. But they say this. It is said by Africans and non-Africans alike that the church in Africa today is a mile wide and an inch deep. Here's what's interesting. Listen to Learn is trying to address a fundamental need within the church in the continent of Africa of men and women who are called by God into ministry but have never been trained. So... It's very much a New Testament type of a concept, right? When you understand the New Testament, what Paul would do is he would go into a, a city. He would stay there for years. He would mentor and train and develop leaders, and then he would leave. But imagine if, if Paul just went there, have an altar call, like, who wants to become a Christ follower? And they say, yes, I do. Great. You're going to become the pastor. And I got to go now. Right? Like, like can you imagine trying to do that? Right? So Listen to Learn has, has, has figured out a way of saying, how do we train the church up in a way that goes beyond just simply, yes, I love Jesus. Right? Now, let me show you some statistics here. There were 9 million Christians in Africa in the 1900s, 180 million in 2000 um, by this guy named Patrick Johnson, the future of the global church. It projects that there will be 1.3 billion Christians in Africa by the year 2050. And he says that 4 out of every 10 Christians in the world will live in sub-Saharan Africa by 2050. There is an incredible need for men and women to be leaders in their church but be able to understand what they're teaching and so listen to learn has has figured out a way to do that so what they do is they have these iPods and these iPods are preloaded with the course if the course is on hermeneutics on church history on theology um usually there's what seven theology courses you have to kind of go through right and so there's they'll they'll go through that it takes um I'm not going to tell you how long it takes. But it takes a while for them to kind of go through the course. Then they're tested on what they've learned. And according to how they, their test goes, then they move on to the next one. And they, they go through basically a Bible college training in two years. But they don't have to leave their home or their work. Right? So many uh, men and women in Africa who want to be pastors or leaders, they have to leave to go to school. And they have to be able to fund it and to be able to pay for it. Which, is, uh, which makes sense. But the problem is, though, is if you're a carpenter, if you're a housewife, if you are, um, you know, a, a teacher that, you know, teaches in a school, how do you do that? Well, that's how Listen to Learn kind of uh, accomplishes that. This is all, again, from their website, from their material. Sadly, this rapid growth of new church plans and believers has run way ahead of the church's ability to adequately train pastoral and lay leadership even in urban, but especially in rural settings. There are many Bible schools, some large and well-established, the majority local and struggling, but they remain expensive and inaccessible options for many as they require leaders to leave their families, herds, jobs, and, of course, churches. Plus, many of those serving under God's calling in rural churches have little formal education and may not gain admission. So when you go to a Bible college, you have to show you've completed high school. You have to be able to complete a certain set of, of education, but the problem is many have not. So how do we train them? How do we find the ability to do that? Listen to Learn is an organization that has figured out how to do that. So let me show you what our partnership is going to look like. UCC will sponsor an LBI, a Leadership Bible Institute, in a community in a sub-Saharan African area. An LBI takes two years for the student to go through the curriculum. That's the number. It's two years. They have to go through the courses, make the tests, get marked go through the next one and then it takes two years to go through this so it's not just simply you know like uh you know write this little thing down and in a couple of weeks you'll have your degree it's two years it's intensive right again you saw the uh the the uh, ipod so with like tim keller and and john piper and charles price what listen to learn does is enter into an agreement with them to use their teaching for them and they get it for free Right? So, like, like, that's a pretty incredible faculty when you look through that. And again, some of these, uh, some of these uh, teachers are teaching on a particular topic. Right? And so, that's what the students get. So, they get the best of the best in regards to, to teachers and communicators, and it's translated into their language so that these students are able to listen to it in their language. So there's no kind of uh, barrier uh, towards learning that. And LBI takes two years for students to go through curriculum. We will send a team to the LBI in the summer of 2017. So next summer, we we have established the area that we're going to go to, and I'll show you that in a moment. We're going to send a team next summer to this LBI, August of 2017. Now, here's the interesting thing. That team that goes will meet the women and the men um, who are going to be launched in this LBI for two years at the very beginning of their training. And and part of the team will be a learning team. You're just going to meet these people, hear their stories, and and be in their village. The team will also do any necessary work in the LBI community that is approved by uh, the -the on-the-ground coordinator. I have felt for a while that Christian missions has been a little bit backwards. Here's what I mean by that. Stop sending us over there. Train up those who are there. I don't want to see any more people head over there anymore. I believe that there's NGOs, government aid organizations that are doing great jobs, fantastic. But the church is a different function, and we gotta stop. Subs- I know this is, this is so, this is horrible, and my denomination even know I believe this, right? But I don't, I don't want to send any more missionaries. I want to train men and women who live there already, know the language, know the culture, know the food, don't have any dietary needs. It's just like get them, train them, and release them. You know why? That's what the New Testament did. That's what they did in the New Testament, right? Paul didn't travel with a team, an entourage behind him, like, here, I'm Paul, and I'm going to teach you Ephesians how to be Christ followers, and I brought this person with me. That doesn't work that way. He found the leadership core in the church of the city, trained them up for years, and then he moved on. And the letters that we read in our Bible are actually correctives to the church, saying, okay, I've got a little bit, but I hear now that many of you are getting drunk during communion. Stop doing that. By the way, that's Corinthians, in case you're wondering if you're looking for that, right? So Paul would send a letter back to them, correcting them of where they've aired. So one of the things I'm really passionate about at UCC is leadership development and planting churches. We want to plant a new church every two years if possible. We do, right? We're planting DCC after two years of our inception, But after that, we want to plant another church after two years. And DCC will partner with us to plant this new church wherever it will be, wherever God lays it on our heart. Small churches thriving, again, very much like the New Testament. I believe, and um, I believe this is the very core of my being, that the solutions to the world, the the issues that are in in whatever culture, that culture can solve it. They just need to be trained properly, and they need to do that. And that's what we get to do. And so this uh, this is what Listen to Learn really does well. The cost of an LBI is approximately $4,000. $4,000 will train up 20 to 30 men and women. And, and just so you know, not all these men and women are pastors. Some of them are church planners, Some of them are youth workers. Some of them are children's workers. It's whoever wants to be a part of this. They will pay two days wages to take this semester course. We will pay the rest. So the $4,000 that we'll supply so will supply the needs for this LBI for two years. Now, check this out. Next year, we're planning an LBI in a certain area. I'll tell you in a second. But the year after that, we're going to start another LBI in another area. So every two years, we're going to see a completion of men and women empowered by this program to go out to be planting churches, to be pastors in the churches, and we'll do a new one next year. So in 2018, we're sending another team to another area to start another LBI. 2019, we're going to celebrate with the LBI we planted in 2017. It's a two-year cycle. And I just want you to understand how we're working it through. 2017, we're going to start. 2019 will finish, and we'll be there to celebrate with them. And when we show up to celebrate with them, what do they need? Some of them don't own Bibles in their own language. Some of them are going to be church planters. What what resources can we give to them to help them send them off to whatever God's called for them? If they're children's pastors, they don't have curriculum or they don't have basic, we're going to show up at graduation with a box full of whatever you need to, 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 to minister to the church that you're from. We are going to help the church of, 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 of Africa grow by the women women of Africa, teaching, leading, growing them. That's what we're going to do. And so when we talk about the treasures, you need to know that, that we've committed to uh, welcome home to, to sponsoring two rooms for them. But we're also going to help out whatever they need. But we're also going to sponsor these LBIs. Right? $4,000. And that comes out every month. We're going to pay that every month. And also the ride for refuge. We're going to ride the ride for refuge and part of the money is going to welcome home. Part of the money is going to go to listen to learn. Now let me tell you where we're heading. Who wants to know where we're heading? We are heading to Tanzania. 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 Anyways, (laughs) we're heading here. We are heading to the the area of Arusha. It's at the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro, and the team that heads over there in 2017, you're not hiking Kilimanjaro, but you will visit there for sure. You will take the team. You'll visit the people there that live there because they're all from this area in Arusha. Um, this is where you kind of you know, you want to see it. Sub-Saharan Africa is basically kind of the middle belt of the continent. That's where we're, really, where we're really concentrating on. So Bill ha- has a team over there that uh, determined that Arusha needs an LBI. UCC will be sponsoring that LBI and this is uh this oh did i do the kind of go sorry uh so this is where we're going so the team that heads over there will be heading to Mount Kilimanjaro they'll be going to the Negero crater uh but you'll also be in the homes of the people of the men and women you'll be meeting them their families many people who are a part of the LBI will have families will have children you'll meet them it's relationship uh, here's why you know something okay we don't need to do anything except get to know our brothers and sisters from a, from, a, from a different uh, culture. That's it. We're going to support them financially. We're going to help them in this way, but they're going to do what they need to do. They 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 can do it. Like like honestly, I am so excited about this concept of of empowering the church to do what they need to do. We don't need to do it. We don't have. We're not. The white saviors, but again, brown saviors, mocha, whatever, golden mocha, whatever you want. Uh, we're not that. Alls we are, they brothers and sisters that have more resources at the time. And we're going to use that resource that God's blessed us with to support them to do the work that God's called them to. I am over the top excited about this, uh, about what God has, uh, has 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 for us for this. Before I go on, before I move on, do you any questions about this? Because, of course... I'm just dropping this in your lap now, and you're like, ah, any questions? Oh, by the way, Bill Fitch will be here in September with two of his team members who are in Arusha right now, and they're going to report about what we'll be doing with them and all that, and, and we'll be start talking about <clears throat> excuse me, the team and, and who's going to be going. We can take up to 20 people. If we have 20 people at UCC who want to go, We'll talk about what fundraising looks like and the costing and all that but if you want to be a part of that team there's certain requirements obviously but um, yeah we want to send the people over there to be able to have that does anybody have any questions about listen to learn or that yeah ten days two weeks so if you have vacation save it up that's the time frame. That's where we try to make sure. So you'll leave on a Friday night and we'll try to get the traveling done on the first weekend. You'll hit the ground and you'll be there and then uh, it takes about two, three days, depending, two days probably for travel back. So we want to make sure of that. So if you have two weeks vacation, it's going to fit perfectly in that and that way you're not able to lose any time apart from that. Any other questions? I want to make sure I give you the opportunity. I know it's lots of information but this is what we're going to be doing as a church. Our goal as a church Spread the gospel. That's it. And listen to learn. I figured out a way to do this. And I'm so excited. And when we meet Bill Fitch, and he'll be here in September with a couple of his team members to share a little bit more. We're going to give him the entire morning that September. And he's going to talk about Arusha and the people there. Hopefully we'll have pictures of the uh, people applying to be part of the LBI. Uh, It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think what specifically you can pray for is that God would take these men and women and would just multiply their ministry to wherever that God's lead them. Like, can you imagine being a church planter in this context where you get trained for two years in LBI and then you just grab whatever you have and you head off? Like, Bill tells me, he told me this story about this guy who went through the LBI two years, got so excited for the Lord, sold everything he had, which was a bike and, and a couple other things, wasn't much. Got a staff, got a, got a backpack, and he headed off in the wilderness and started planting churches, started sharing the gospel. And I'm like, are you kidding me, right? Like, like, like just like literal New Testament stuff here, right? So praying that these men and women would, would just, their ministry would just grow. Children's workers, youth workers, pastors, church planners, whatever they are, that, that, that God would use them at the, and use their sacrifice to be able to further the kingdom and, and the gospel in the areas. Any other questions? Going once, going twice. You know what? I'm gonna close here. I'm not going to talk about what I was going to talk about next. It's it's fine. Lots of information. Lots of information for you to think about. But here's what you need to know about us as a church. We're small and we're feisty. We believe the Bible to be true. and We believe that God has called us to something more. We don't want to play church. We don't want to pretend to be the church. We don't want to be passive in our faith, but we want to grow. We don't believe that we're perfect. Dear goodness, we don't believe we're perfect. We believe that we're flawed, that we're broken, but by Christ's death upon the cross, the grace applied to us that we get to take that and do something more with it. We believe that our lives are meant for more, that we believe that God has called us for a purpose, and we want to live that out. We don't want to just talk about it. We don't want to think about it, but we want to do it. That's UCC. That's who we are. That's DCC. I'm so happy to have uh, Jeremy and Melissa with us and uh, their family. I'm so excited about DCC. We've got some uh, DCC Kitchener barbecues planned in their backyard to kind of share what we're doing for DCC for people who want to be a part of downtown community church. It's exciting times and terrifying times at UCC. Because let me tell you one thing about us. We can't afford to do what we're doing. <clears throat> Not even close. We, we, we don't have the resources quite yet. We don't. So it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm believing in the Lord. I, I really am. I, we live this by faith. When we first planted UCC, I had, I had four jobs. I'm down to two, and I'm happy with that, right? And it's not like I didn't plan the church to support me. I'm just saying that we are happy that God provided. Do you know that in the year and a uh, half that we've planted this church, we've only missed our budget one month? And that was last February when we had really bad weather and no one showed up. And we get that, right? But God is so faithful to us. But here's the thing. I want to start believing in God's side streams of the gospel, of the kingdom. If what I see in the book of Acts is true, what's wrong with us? Why do we live such small lives with such a small God? Why do we believe that God only loves those next to us but not us? Why do we believe that God can't use us to change this world? And by changing this world, I mean changing us and those in our worlds. That's what we believe. I know it's idealistic. I know it's lofty. I know that. Have you met my God? Have you read the Bible lately? That's what we believe here at UCC. And that's what we want to strive for. And I don't know if it's going to work. I don't. I have no idea how it's going to get implemented. I have some. But we really are trusting in God to bring us men and women who want to partner with us, who want to be released by the Spirit into what God's called us to. Small church, relational, redemptive for whoever's here and whoever's not here yet. That's what UCC is. If you have questions about that, that you want to talk to me about, I will sit up at the front here. You can talk to anybody with a name tag. You can talk to my staff, my... My staff, how blessed am I to have people who work alongside of me? Most church planners never get this. I've got Marshall, I've got Lauren, I've got Melissa, and I've got Sarah. Like, I'm incredibly blessed to have them to help me along, to work with me, to keep me calm, to talk me off ledge when I get a little freaked out, but to partner alongside of me. Like We are so lucky. I'm so lucky to have Jeremy and Melissa here. Jeremy's preaching next week, by the way. You want to come for that? It'll be shorter and it'll be way better. So just to be clear, it'll be a great sermon. But Jeremy's preaching. He'll be preaching throughout the summer as well, too. And uh, it's just—it's gonna be great. Do you see the excitement? I believe in what God says. I'm living it like it's true, and it could fail at any moment. I know that. It's a risk, but I would rather trust in my God than anything else. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your grace, your love. Lord, we've sung about it, we've heard about it, but Lord, now we want to live it. God, I pray that you would help us as a church, as a small church, to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to be there for one another. Lord, I pray you'd help those here today that perhaps we might have missed something, we might have missed an an area. I pray, God, they could forgive us for that as a church. We're not perfect. Lord, I pray that Our small church would be able to empower men and women in Arusha to spread the gospel. I pray, God, that we would help welcome home to let the gospel be to be reached to these refugees, but also to provide for them as well, too, in any way possible. God, I pray that you would continue to use UCC to further your kingdom. And, Lord, I pray that you would receive all the honor, praise, and glory, because it's only by you and by your mighty right hand. God, I pray that... People here this morning, as they've heard this, would feel excited, but not excited about what we're doing, excited about what you're doing, God. I pray, Lord, that every person here would realize that they have a place and a purpose in you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray you would expand our vision of what you have for us. I pray, Lord God, that you would just grow in us a hunger for the things of you. Lord, that we would seek after you, that even when we stumble, even when we fall, that we would continue to reach out to you. God, I thank you for your love, and I thank you for your mercy, without which I don't know where we'd be. Lord, I pray, God, you bless our week, and that we would let our light shine so brightly. In Jesus' name, amen.